What's up, guys? Ryan Horn here, and welcome to the Extraordinary Man Podcast. This is the one and only podcast specifically designed to help married businessmen create more profit and purpose in their business without sacrificing their family, health, or marriage in the process. Each week, I interview some of the world's most extraordinary men, including seven- and eight-figure entrepreneurs, elite athletes, best-selling authors, and world-class speakers. Hey, it's Paul Allen, play-by-play voice for the Minnesota Vikings. The Extraordinary Man, episode two with me, is strictly because I was too long-winded and thoroughly enjoying the compelling and stimulating nature of Ryan's conversation that it had to become two episodes. So thank you very much for listening. Ryan wanted to play call episode one, and I turned him down because nothing was happening, and I felt bad, but now it's going to be Cousins takes the snap, takes the handoff to Dalvin. Oh, he fires deep to Justin Jefferson. Touchdown, Vikings. Um, Now, I'd listen back to that, and I'd be like, there wasn't a left or a right, and that would bug me. But anyway, this is episode two with me, Paul Allen, play-by-play guy of the Minnesota Vikings, radio host KFAN. And uh, longtime racetrack announcer at Canterbury Park, and they're podcasting. What would you say to someone that thinks reading the Bible is boring? Um, uh, first thing I would say is the Apostle Paul in the Book of Romans. Um, he he wrote something where, if you believe in the Bible, and I do, um, that was very telling when he pointed out God chooses us; we don't choose Him. It's it's again. I mean, I, I've been next to death seven times in my life. My son lost consciousness for 30 hours six months ago when he had a seizure out of nowhere with no, with no seizure-like symptoms. My daughter ran amiss in, at the end of 2017 and had to go away for a little bit uh, because of health situations. And now as she came back and she's dreadfully behind in school. She rallies, gets herself to college. But nevertheless, very, very heavy stuff that a lot of people don't face. And I, and I don't want them to face it because... It was a complete sacrifice of life on a lot of different levels when I say personal things that I like to do because of dubious things that were happening in my life. Uh, the Lisa, the lady with whom I live, her mother died uh, the, uh, the first, what would be March of 2021, about a year into COVID. Uh, she had cancer at 81, got COVID. Like they said about old people, when they have a condition, they go down fast. She, they did. But how about this? So, so I have COVID 48 hours. It's gone in 48 hours. And thank God it was because Lisa, uh, she then incurred COVID pneumonia. And three, four days after my COVID's gone, she goes to St. Joseph's Hospital in St. Paul with COVID pneumonia. She's in the hospital 11 days through the death of her mom. So guess what my spot is? Guess the spot God put me in? Okay, well, now there's nobody to run in-home hospice for Armony. You got bit so you can be next to her bit. And you were already teaching her the Bible and talking to her for two months ahead of time. And I'm like, I'm in. So KFAM was unbelievable. Chad Abbott, program director. I'd meet with him at his house in Mendota Heights in between Eden Prairie and Woodbury for those eight days I was there. Um, and, and I missed a lot of, a lot of radio, a lot of radio. Uh, missed a lot. But um During that time, I had the privilege and honor of serving somebody physically and spiritually like I never had. And when she died, um, we we had the funeral a few weeks later in Detroit, her native Detroit. And uh, a lot of people were going up to the casket and they were like, you know, lamenting and and bemoaning and dwelling and feeling sadness over the loss of their family member or friend. 
Now I, I had had that eight days with her son, Jimmy, you know, but that was a, that was a peculiar situation in its own right because of his physical condition. Um, I had just pretty much run that in-home hospice with a dying human being for eight days. And I'm looking at her and like, I'd already seen it. And, and I, man, I fell into a depression, my man, um, for about right up until Canterbury started mid-May. Only told a few people about it. I was really upset because with, with prayer and with my relationship with God, I'm like, when's my next honor? Okay, this is all I want to do. It's when people talk to me about that week and I say it's the greatest week of my life. They're like, what? I mean, her jaw locked. There were bad diapers. One foot's hot, one's cold. Her eyes pop open when she dies, a sight I'll never, I'll never forget. I remember when she stopped talking. I remember when Poopy Dave read First John and her eyes popped open. I remember the whole thing. Um, yeah, it was the greatest week of my life. Serving somebody spiritually and physically like that. Father, when, when are my next honors? You know, and then, and but I was asking for them. And see, I'm not a big ask for things in prayer. It's more glorifying God, and thanking him no matter if the sun is not responsive, if there's death at my right hand, or if there's me having COVID, now I don't. Um, it's God's great in all situations. And, um, you know, with, uh, with the honors. So like when I pray, I give glory for, for just thanks and stuff like that. But with the honors, you know, I got, I got over what I was feeling. And um, then uh, the, the pastor at Canterbury, uh, Pastor Ed, uh, who has cancer, as I mentioned earlier, uh, he came up to the booth and said, you know, we have a chapel. I'm like, yeah, I'd never been in it, but I knew. Uh, would you like to do a sermon? I, I saw you pray the other day and, and talk to somebody about the Bible. And I'm like, oh, so I didn't answer him for a month. Well, but the long, the, but then I did four and, um, and then one, this, one and a half this year. But the, the, the long play here is I stopped bemoaning and begrudging when's the next honor and thinking about myself, and I let everything go, and I got into my life, and then God gave me an honor of doing chapels. And then from that, arise with the guys, speak at a church in Las Vegas. It just, I, I'm, I'm really hyper-focused on prayer, constantly talking to God, um, and, and just hopefully having a glow of God that is natural, even if you're not speaking, or even if you're in a snide moment. Um, and I'm just thinking about that a lot, and really trying to tighten uh, things like not requesting the honors. So I'm not, I can't answer to the purpose or, but, but I don't second guess his will. Um, so that, that's pretty much, that pretty much ties that together with uh, when, it, when it comes to, to the Bible being boring, uh, like I said previously, is to be taught to read it from New Testament back to Old Testament and mix them in along the way. I can't encourage somebody enough on that. I do believe those who teach people to read the book of John, John's gospel, and just start there and, and read it a couple of times and don't judge it and just read it. And then, you know, get into it with somebody and learn the metaphor. For instance, Matthew chapter five, verse 13. I think I said this at Arise with the Guys. Just a, just a basic sentence that people still use today. You are the salt of the earth. Well, to take that and make it you Christians are, not should be, are salt preserving what's good of the earth. I think our world's in decay. So you are the salt of the earth. That's what that means. So that's what I do. And that, that's what I study. And that's what a little book I have 
uh, has a bunch of them uh, that when it's time for me to unfurl them and the confidence is coming, the chapel I did recently, um, the most recent Tuesday, uh, what was the, was the most comfortable, authentic one that I've had of say 15, 20 speaking opportunities, tying the, the sheep and the shepherd, what animal would you be praying Psalm 23, uh, then sharing uh, two stories, one of Mary and Samson dying and Jockey Ruben Fuentes having vertebrae surgery and one, a family experiencing death. And then with Ruben, the death of a career and the fact that they recognize their shepherd right up to the end. And uh, for Ruben, you know, through the surgery and neither one of them had fear. They weren't scared. So I, I preached on that. And just where biblically speaking, where it absolutely says you're not to have fear. And, and here's why. So let's look at fear is on reverence. And, and um, so, so just, I'm just really honing in on, on doing more of that. But, but it takes like, in my opinion, to do a 30 to 40 minute sermon, man, for me, it takes 10 to 12 hours to get the thing ready. Cause, cause I can, I can make a mistake on the radio today and say, um, some nondescript Atlanta Braves guy named Dansby made it to the all-star game or didn't make it. I could be wrong on that. And it's a covenant cleanup. We're all good. Now I can't, we can't do the Bible wrong. I got so much respect for my Jewish friends who spend that time in that, in that Sabbath for, for them. I mean, studying God's story. It is so beautiful to me. Now I, I recognize there's no Christ. Uh, they're, they're not, you know, there are a lot of things in which we believe and we believe in our hearts that are eliminated. I know that, but it's a dedication to somebody other than themselves for 24 hours. When's the last time any of us have done that? Okay. There's something good in that. That is unbelievably, uh, beautiful, but man, just learning about it, uh, learning about all facets uh, of faith and stuff like that. That's beautiful too. So can you tell this is the, that I want to do a lot more of this? Amazing. We have Pastor Paul Allen here today. You're on fire. And some great advice he gave there too. I would recommend you start in the New Testament too. Start trying to slog through Leviticus. You might not make it too right. far. <laughs> right. But you, you also, I mean, you, a, the recognition of the genre is so unbelievably important. People, uh, they, they will hand pick and just take it literally for what it said, what is said in there the way it's said. And, um, and it, 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 you can't do it that way. You cannot do the Bible that way. And I'm telling you, it's every page of every book where you got to think about it, but um, the, the, the story and, and going to certain parts of any of the Testaments, uh, excuse me, any of the books, you can't do it without getting the full context and understanding the metaphor and or the symbolism. I mean, people look at the book of Revelation and it's so daunting to so many. And I understand why when, when there is a dragon chasing a woman who now all of a sudden sprouts wings to get away, carrying a baby into a wilderness, which actually is a desert. So what, what is that? Hey, I like um, whatever, I like Marvel stuff. Is that what this is? Is there a comic book version? Well, I mean, we, we have the dragon, the devil, chasing what can be determined as Mary carrying Jesus or Jesus carrying Israel or it's Israel, whatever. I've, I've, I've learned both and they both bite me um, into the wilderness for protection. 
okay, into the desert. So it's a metaphor for the devil's creeping. Spiritual warfare is real. Um, and, and, he's, and he's creeping. He's trying to ruin everything. Um, so if you don't take that and, like, find things in the Bible to which you can tie it, and there's so much of it in, in the Old Testament in Daniel and Ezekiel and some in Exodus, then, then you can't read it. I'm sorry. I'm, I would never tell anybody not to read the Bible because it's not up to me to say what bites somebody, but you, you have no chance. <clears throat> Honestly, you have no chance. Yeah, I 100% agree. You have to know the context and all that stuff matters so much. So if you don't understand that stuff, if you don't cross-reference, then you're going to be very confused most likely. What are some of your spiritual habits? Do you have some type of routine? Like, What does that look like for you on a daily basis? Well, I, um, I get into the Bible every drive to KFAN. Um, I'd say 75% of my drives, I have the Bible app playing with whatever I'm listening to. And you know, I'm driving. So it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not full dead into it. Um, but I, you know, I hear things that I may jot down on a post-it note for a potential sermon, a potential podcast, a potential porch meeting with somebody chatting about whatever. Um, uh, but then I, I listen to the Bible generally every evening when I lay in bed. And, and when, when it comes to reading it, I actually read it at the racetrack more than any place in my existence. Um, I have the, the Gospel Transformation Bible, uh, which is English Standard Version and uh, by Crossway. It was given to me as a Christmas gift from Pastor Wes the first Christmas after I started going to, to, to the preaches and getting bit. And um, so I, uh, what's good about that is I like the way they explain things, and I don't think there's a lean anyway. I think it's just straight, straight gospel, straight Jeremiah, straight Hosea, whatever. Um, so I read that between races when it gets a little loud up in the press box. And um, I'll, go in, I'll go back into the booth and, and I'll read something and I just will absorb it over five minutes. And I will continue to learn more inherently about the disciples and, and Paul and Revelation and the significance of 1 John and and Timothy and, and those who win a miss and things like that. So that's, I just really enjoy it. I mean, oh, what do you mean? I don't have a relationship with God like you do, Paul. No, it has nothing to do with that because Paul doesn't think of Paul first. Paul thinks of God first. So no, you're the exact same as me, my man, along with the person cleaning the street over there and the, the zillionaire top of the hill. We're all the same in the eyes of God. I feel like I'm sitting through a, an amazing sermon. I love your passion. So we're going to switch gears a little bit here. So what were you doing and where were you at age 20? And if you could go back in time and speak to your 20-year-old self, what three pieces of advice would you give to yourself? Uh, in, at age 20, I was just starting at Pasadena City College where I got the opportunity, again, to work with newspaper, drama, a little TV that they had, a lot of radio. So I got an opportunity to do a lot of things at kind of a low cost, uh, which was key. And um, uh, that's where I was then. And um, you know what? Uh, there, there's absolutely nothing I would change to the story looking back to where we are at this second, uh, because it's not my story. It's my life is God. It, God has, has laid it out a certain way, recognizing that if I, if, if I believe there is spiritual warfare, and if I believe the book of Revelation, specifically chapter 12, where um, the uh, John gets the revelation and shares, 
that the devil and his dirtbag angels made a run at heaven. Archangel Michael had to come out of the woodwork where Gabriel had done some damage in the Old Testament and knew maybe Michael had to come out of the, the woodwork. And there goes the devil down to earth. Angels are all done. And, um, and the devil's threat there at that moment, Revelation 12, breaking down the metaphor, it doesn't say it as plainly as this. He's basically to God like, uh, all right, then I'm going to torment your creation for the rest of existence. God's response, paraphrasing, was, I know. That's why you're there. So, <laughs> you know, when that is shared and then Jesus is on his knees in the garden with witnesses who are the disciples, he knows what's coming, yet he proclaims, Father, if, if it's in your will, take this cup from me, pain. Okay, so he just showed them if it's in your will. Last question for you here, Paul. What is your definition of an extraordinary man? Um, an extraordinary man would be not only, that's an excellent question, my brother, and it's going to take me a second here. An extraordinary man is somebody who has had a path that, a path that's designed by God that led him to things where organically, somebody who was able to give and help of their time, of their money, and have it be, have God and the Bible and fairness and respect and turning the other cheek and love, having that be your tenant, no matter what you do. If, if you're able, if God has you in a position to impact people and share the gladness in non-overbearing fashion, and God is guiding you, if God gave me skills of eloquence with the way I speak, and God gave me three microphones for 28 to 30 years for this time of my life, not one microphone, three, um, then like, I'm really going to look at that and not want to have moments like this. Are you kidding me? This, and it's not out of obligation to God. It just comes pouring out of my heart because I get the opportunity to do it so infrequently where, where people get a chance to hear, not one-on-one, -on -one, I do that a lot or one or four people, but this. You know, so that, that, that's why I get long-winded with this man. And, and I just start getting tangential and thinking about a lot of things because I, I just want to share everything uh, all at once, the whole thing. Oh, there's Genesis and then there was light. And then all of a sudden there was this tax collector and he got a wink. And then there was a fisherman and he, and he was of the lowly variety. Then there was a sermon and everybody came to it. And we got something called the Beatitudes. And then all of a sudden you got a dragon in the air chasing a woman. I got to go back to Daniel you know, where he goes into prison for 10 days and only can eat certain things and sticks with it. And the king turns, then I got to get back to Revelation. And then all of a sudden it's over. And the Max guy with the English accent is saying, amen. And I'm like, what? That's the end of the Bible? Are you kidding me? That was an awful moment for me when I listened to the end of Revelation after taking a, I took a seven week um, class on Revelation a year and a half ago. Helped a lot helped uh, learn to break down metaphor, metaphor and symbolism all over the Bible, not just Revelation. Um, but uh, when we got through it, it didn't hit me in the class. But then when I listened to it, the English, not Max Lucado, Max whatever, is an English accent. He reads on Bible apps. He's phenomenal. First name's Max. And his eloquence and his, uh, his pacing, his crescendos, his diction, his articulation, impeccable. And... Uh, when he got to the end of Revelation and he paused and he's like, blah, blah, blah. 
Amen. I'm like, oh my, are you just, no, no. Is it, is this like game of Thrones? Isn't there going to be a prequel to like the old Testament with the dinosaurs and maybe the people that only God knows exist and we can see them. Oh man, it was emotional. Incredible. I mean, I don't know how anybody could uh, listen to you and your passion and not get excited about wanting to dig into the Bible more. I'm getting excited just listening. I'm like, where's my Bible? I need to go grab it. You know this- um, I have mine and I'm just going to read something short to you here because I, yeah. I it up. And Absolutely. It, was from, it was from a Pastor West recent preach at Faith Family. It's faithfamilymn.org. If anybody wants to watch the full preach, faithfamilymn.org. Um, and he's very smart, very good. It was um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and uh, verse 10. And at the end of it, it's just, I'm not going to go through the whole piece, but it's about not only grace, but strength and weakness and how, you know, like Wes put it, churches are always thinking about strengthening themselves and, and we're going to, and people are, we're going to strengthen ourselves here. And, you know, and, and just strength is, is the prevailing thought at times when second Corinthians 12, 10, the apostle Paul's like, when I'm weak, I'm never better. So he preached on that and it bit me, man. I told you I was exhausted yesterday and I opened it for you today. At the end of it, it says, um, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Here it is. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Oh, hey, I'm, I'm like that. Yeah, that, that resonates with me. Um, and, and, and why I would say it that way is because of my past performances, carrying a ton of personal burden, a lot of death, ascending, having God have me ascend in my career during a lot of heavy stuff, man, over, over about the last 16 years. So, yeah, I see. I see. I'm, I'm starting to see it. Thank you for sharing that. That's powerful. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for listening. So, Paul, where can people go if they want to connect with you or find out more about you? Well, my phone number is, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't have a website. I mean, I'm not on Twitter a ton except to promote the radio show. At okay. PA on the MIC. I'm on Twitter more during the football season. Um, and, um, you know, but when it comes to the football season and the segue and everything that's coming up a lot, uh, the, the Twitter following grows each football season. Um, and I interact more there at that time. I just, I'm not an argumentative person. Um, I mean, I'll be quiet. I'll be sad. And if something I'm pissed off, I'll get quiet. And, and you know, that the reason I brought that up is with football season coming up and, and all the jobs going and everything and, and working with the chapel and stuff, I just can't wait to take it on. And it's not when I say like, you know, I, when I'm weak, I'm strong, just like this passage says. That bit me that way because I, I look at the past performances and, and I'm like, well, yeah, there's been a lot of times weak and strong to what level? That's the question. I'm not one to go the next step. It, it's what hits my heart is the play because God put it in there and that's it. It's not one to be, okay, well, I got my daughter through this and my son through this. And, you know, there were seven bad ones in there and all of a sudden five are gone and I didn't even ask for them to be gone. But devil's just scratching and clawing on those final two. But I recognize that. Um, so I got to, you know, earn my way. It's, it, that is not it for me, man. I am the whole thing's done and, and do from a man's standpoint. I'm out on that with all due respect. It's done. So now... I believe getting into the Bible and being that extraordinary man 
and finding a way to become one with it where things are unlocked with your enjoyment reading it and to go to a church and have a pastor who's fantastic like Wes, Troy at Grace does a great job. I've, you know, I've seen more on, I have, those are like really the only two I've seen in four years because I watch YouTube stuff with like this cat named Paul Washer and, um, and I think uh, Vadi Beecham, something like that, who's, who's uh, based in Africa. So I'll watch that stuff to, to learn about just a bunch of different angles and stuff. Ha- having the right person share the information with you and guide you the right way early is pivotal, very pivotal. Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure. What Thank you. <laughs> what if I think the bikes are going to the Super Bowl? I don't know. I don't know when you're going to post this, my man. Um, but you know, I was I was off for a week and a half. I'm on KFAN in Minneapolis this week, and then I'm off another week uh, because that's the only time I can take days off, even mm-hmm. if it's just to water my lawn and recalibrate when football begins. So I got another week off coming up in a week. So this week on the radio. Um, I'm building this bit up with this epiphany, this premonition, this gut feeling from my heart that during my vocal maintenance days, during my days where there, it was quiet and I didn't have to write a show and I could chill, I just thought a lot about the NFC. You know what, man? I think we're going to the Super Bowl this year. And you can record that, that. Save that because I'm about ready to go with it on the radio. And, you know, people are going to be like, okay, here's the homer. I'll say it straight and honest to you, brother to brother. Uh, for giving me the opportunity to share uh, the Bible and and my belief in God uh, here on this podcast. Um, the, the straight way to say it to you would be from a Homer cheerleader standpoint, mm-hmm. I'll say it straight to you. Don't take it as a way that I don't care about the team um, and I don't care about the outcome and the relationships because I always have, and God put me in a beautiful position with my job for 20 years to be permitted by every single coach we've had while having a popular radio show on a more popular radio station with the biggest Twitter following in town, if people are into that. Well, that I have all that, and they let me watch practice. And when Everson and Daniil are going inside against Sean Payton, I know that on a Friday for a Sunday. And, and the common thread here is trust. And, and they know they can trust me because God has, has created me a way where there's a connection with everybody in the constipated, tight, scared, paranoid NFL that, you know, that has a defense up. And they've never had defense mechanisms with me, none of them. Childress, Tice, Zimmer, uh, Leslie, the whole thing. And, Ke- and, and Kevin and I are getting to know each other, and I don't think there's going to be a disconnect there either, likewise with Quasey. And, and when people are like, what's God? I'm like, that's God. Okay, it's not preferential treatment. It's past performances that are about 30 million to one with the way I just laid that out. And the only way to get there is God. <laughs> so that's what that is. And uh, so I'm looking forward to getting into that in training camp, getting to know people. And, you know, it's last year for the first time in my play-by-play career, I stood on the sidelines and I said a prayer with Adam Thielen week number one. And I said, do you mind, do you mind if I pray? And he said, no. And he walked over. Then the next week, C.J. Ham walked over and, and kind of expected it. So we did it. So then like Dan Chisena, Coach Ryan Thicken, uh, quarterbacks coach Andrew Ginoco, uh, equipment guy Adam Groney, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, um, uh, the off- former offensive line coach uh, who's now in Jackson, who now is away and his name's eluding me. 
that they would all come over for prayer. And it was so beautiful. It was just a quick little bam. It had nothing to do with the outcome of the game. So that happened last year. We were talking about those honors. I didn't think about that. I didn't order that up. It just started happening. And those are like back to harmony. You know, I'm depressed because where are these honors? It's all I want the rest of my life to serve somebody physically and spiritually. And then from the chapel through the prayer on the sideline last year to the honor of chatting about this with you, uh, when, when you stop looking for the honors, they can start rolling in. That is a powerful phrase. When you stop looking for it, they start rolling in. I was about I'm- ready to, to end the whole thing because <laughs> I know you're up against the time by saying, yeah. I will be offended if you don't contact me and if we don't get together somewhere, somehow, and just straight talk Bible and Vikings, you know, and Absolutely. That's whatever you want to talk about, you know? Um, so I'm going to put that onus on you. Um, and that onus is going to be on you. And I will come through because I always do. Uh, but it just may not be exactly in the time frame that somebody expects, but that's okay. I appreciate it very much. Appreciate right. you, brother. I got some business. Uh, God bless you, and let's stay in touch, all right? Absolutely. We will. We'll see you. Thanks, uh, th- thanks for giving me a pulpit. Guys, thanks so much for joining me on another episode of the Extraordinary Man podcast. Here's the thing. You're never going to maximize your potential on your own. So I'm personally inviting you to come and join me in the private Extraordinary Man Facebook group so you can level up your business and your life. Just head over to Facebook and type Extraordinary Man into the search box and it will show up as the first result. Iron sharpens iron and this is the number one place for you to connect with me and other like-minded men who are on a mission to maximize their potential. My goal is to help you become the man God created you to be in all areas of your life. So come and join us in the Facebook group and upgrade your business and your life. I'll see you on the next episode.